Welcome back to my fluent podcast. I am Daniel. I come from Switzerland and my goal is to become a confident English speaker. And besides that, I have been learning Italian as well. So this podcast is for language enthusiasts. In this episode, I had the chance to talk to Martin Johnston, the host of a brilliant podcast called Rock and Roll English. And this will be like a swapcast because first I interviewed him and afterwards Martin interviewed me and his part will be published around the same time as, as my episode. So I encourage you to take a look at Rock and Roll English. He has many, many episodes. They are brilliant and funny. And I want to read out loud just a short passage from his homepage. Normal is boring. I can help you maintain and improve your English by telling you that I am scared of dogs and that I don't know how many kisses to give people when I say hello. I can help you learn English via real-life embarrassing stories and not through scripted audio texts spoken by actors. And just so you know, there will be a YouTube video version of this interview, so I encourage you as well to have a look on YouTube, just type in my fluent podcast. But now, without any further ado, let's dive into today's conversation. Thank you for quitting your well-paid job and moving away from the UK. <laughs> because I, I listened to, to you when you said that in one of your episodes, or probably in many episodes. Uh -huh. And it's really great what you are doing for the English learning community and I hope that you can live the Dolce Vita in, in Italy. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but I have moved back to the UK now with, oh, with, I see. with, I see. with my family because now we have two small children and more my wife than me. My wife is Italian and it was more her than me that wanted to go back. But we're still in a trial phase because... We still miss Italy. In fact, I'm in Italy now again with my wife's family. I see. I see. How long have you been back in the UK then? Uh, like a year and a bit, year and a few months. It was something. It was March last year, so nearly a year and a half. But I lived in Italy for 12 years and I really did think I was going to be there forever. And like I said, I still, I'm not 100% sure that I'm going to stay in the UK mainly because everything is so expensive and it's never sunny <laughs> yeah <laughs> I see I see okay so you recommended that we could talk about connecting speech right but I thought that maybe it would be interesting to know more about your backstory for example what inspired you to learn Italian mm -hmm and also the origin story of rock and roll english yeah sure if that is okay yeah, yeah of course i wanted to to start out with the question what inspired you to learn italian in the first place and no 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 sorry maybe of course could you give a little introduction Martin? yeah of course so uh, i i should really 
think about an introduction before because I never know how to answer this. So obviously my name is Martin. I am from the UK, from a city just outside London called Chelmsford. It's about 30 minutes outside. That's where I grew up and I lived there until I was, well, I lived in the UK until I was 25. I went to university and when I finished university, I started working for an investment bank in London and I lived in London for two years and then I thought this life is not for me. So I then, this kind of answers your next question a bit. I then moved to Italy because I had always wanted to learn Italian because my grandparents were Italian, but I, they never taught me any Italian, so I didn't know any. And so I thought I'll go to Italy for a few months. My idea, because I knew nothing about languages, I thought I'll go there for three months and I'll come back perfectly fluent. Uh, <laughs> and I lived there for 12 years and I, I would say I'm still not perfectly fluent. I can speak well, obviously, but I'm not, this, my Italian is not perfect. Um, so, and then I yeah started... Um, Teaching English, I mean, I must admit at the beginning it was just to survive, really, whilst living in Italy. I had no, I didn't think I'm, I'll do this for the rest of my life. And then I started to like it and then I started to sort of do, get some qualifications. And yeah, and then, then I married an Italian girl. And now we have two children who, well, the, the one of them's very young, but the other one is perfectly bilingual and she's only two and a half yeah that is crazy mm. it's great <laughs> yeah 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 and i don't know i think you don't very much like dogs right <laughs> is that right Co i'm sorry about correct. that because I, maybe you can I, you can see my my husky two dogs my husky is there two dogs or three i have three dogs but Whoa. you could see maybe two right right now. okay yeah there, yeah i could just see tails see, moving yeah it's your nightmare <laughs> i guess so <laughs> so i've got no problem like this because i'm a safe distance away my problem is i'm scared of dogs and they feel that And then when I'm near dogs, yeah. they start barking and jumping towards me. And that makes me more scared. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I've got no problem with dogs that keep themselves to themselves. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, in my where I am right now in my wife's family house, they have a dog. But this dog understands the agreement. He doesn't disturb me <laughs> and I don't disturb him. And then we have no problems. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I was also scared back in the day, to be honest. Oh, wow. But but now I am cured. Right, wow. <laughs> so to speak. You've, you've gone from being scared <laughs> to having three dogs. Yes, yes. Okay. That is true. But the main reason is my girlfriend. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Let's go back to Italy. So did I understand you correctly? So you went there to learn the language, but then like after three months or so, you decided to stay there. So like I said, my original plan was to stay like three, maximum six months. And so I was living in Rome at that time. And Rome is a really cool city. <laughs> so I was really enjoying it 
So I thought, I don't really want to go back home. And they stayed a bit longer, a bit longer, a bit longer. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up in Sicily. That was like a work-related thing. And then I met my wife, who is Sicilian. I was going to say was Sicilian, but she is still Sicilian. And and then we ended up buying a house together in Sicily. And then last year, I don't know why, we decided to move back to England. But um, yeah, so, so yeah, it was an original plan of three months, but I enjoyed the life, like la dolce vita, as they say in Italy, the yeah. sweet life. <laughs> and And then I also was enjoying the work as working as an English teacher. So I kind of thought, well, what's the point in going home into like a a place probably that I like less and to do a job which I like less. So I ended up staying. Yeah, yeah, I see. And you mentioned Sicily. Mm -hmm. So how different is uh, Italian from other parts other than Sicily? So is it more complicated, more difficult to learn? Sicilian, Italian? So so there are two things. There, There is Italian, which is the standard language in all of Italy, but there are many regional dialects. And Sicily has quite a strong regional dialect. Even inside Sicily, they the dialects are different from like one, one place and another. Um, but generally, you speak, Italian um, there many people do speak Sicilian and when I'm here at my wife's family house lots of people speak Sicilian yeah it, it's different definitely a lot different sometimes some words are similar so you can you can recognize them sometimes words are completely different and I'm I'm sort of getting used to it though I can understand quite well now Sicilian, quite well, especially from the town of my wife. So the way they speak here. But for example, if I go even to Palermo, which is where I actually used to live, I never really spoke to anyone in Sicilian there. So I find that dialect more difficult than the dialect here. But yeah, general, generally people speak Italian, so it's not much of a problem. Yeah, I see. And, and you even cracked some jokes in Sicilian, I think, according to, to a podcast episode of yours. Mm-hmm. You tried to, to crack a joke in Sicilian and, uh, and people had to laugh also because they found it a, a little bit funny, maybe, that uh, someone from the UK is, uh, is mimicking the sicilian language yeah if i it's, it's, if i understood that correctly <laughs> yeah it's it's guaranteed a laugh basically even just saying anything in sicilian it's guaranteed a laugh so every now and again i i do that yeah and it, it it's very well received let's say because like you say it's very strange for someone from the uk to be speaking in sicilian so yeah, they that I often try to do that. Yeah, even when I got married, actually, I gave a speech because they don't really do speeches in Italy like we do in England. And I yeah said something in Sicilian at the end, and like the Sicilian people anyway, 
erupted. The English people had no idea what was going on because <laughs> they obviously couldn't understand. Yeah, yeah. And then you created your podcast. Yes. Was it uh, was it uh, in in you were living in Italy then when the idea came up or what is the origin story to rock and roll English? Yeah, so I was living in Italy and teaching English and also learning Italian and I I was looking for podcasts in Italian because I love podcasts. I think they're brilliant. And I was looking for podcasts in Italian and I always There were a few I listened to, but they were generally about, I don't know, like a painting in Florence from the 16th century, which, you know, is oh, is okay. is interesting. <laughs> but sometimes, like after a hard day's work, it's quite heavy to listen to. And I, I just was thinking, why I would just like to listen to a conversation with friends, like conversations you have in the pub. And there was actually a English podcast I was listening to at the time called My Dad Wrote a Porno. And the, it's about this person's dad who wrote an erotic sexual book. And they basically read this book and laugh and make jokes about it. And I was listening to that one day and I was laughing and I thought... I'm going to I'm going to make a podcast like an entertaining English podcast because like I said that I is what I wanted really for Italian that didn't exist so I thought I'll do this in English and I made a few episodes and just sent them to students like my students and they really liked them so I thought right I'm I'm going to do this but I also need to add it took me about from having the idea to a publishing the podcast about three years because I was too scared about what people would say. And so I even remember, I think I like created the logo like two years before I actually put it online, something like that. Um, so yeah, it's just a message to everyone about don't be scared, just do it kind of thing. One of my favorite quotes is you don't have to be great to start, but if you want so, yeah, you don't have to be great to start. But if you want to be great, you have to start. Um, because, and I th yeah, I think that's definitely true. And for my podcast, if I listen to the first 50, maybe even 100 episodes, in my opinion, they're terrible. Because it took me some time to find my voice. But the only way you can do that is by is by doing it. It's It's like languages people are scared to talk but the, the only way you're going to get better is by doing it yeah absolutely absolutely and can you remember your very first episode uh yes so i, I think it was with dan dan the man dan the man yeah and we were talking about palermo which is where i was living at the time but i don't know this again is just a how stupid I was it would have made more sense for me to talk about Palermo and my thoughts but Dan the man my, my close friend had come to visit me a, a few months before I suppose and we spoke about his experience in Palermo so yeah but 
people seem to enjoy it. And the other thing which is ridiculous is that he didn't even have a microphone. He just used the microphone of the computer. So if you listen to the audio, his audio is absolutely terrible because we recorded it over the internet like we're doing now. He didn't have any microphone and his audio is absolutely oh, terrible. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, yeah, I was going to say. And this was 2016. S Sorry, go on. Oh, so it was the very beginning of 2017 when I released it. But we actually recorded that episode about six months before, I think. And um, yeah, and I think for, because I, I did many episodes at the beginning with Dan the Man. And for the first four or five, he didn't have a microphone. And the audio is absolutely terrible. This is what I was saying about you don't have to be great to start. Just start. And then from there, things start moving. I couldn't agree more with you. How do people react when they find out that you make your living from rock and roll English? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, especially in the UK, where all of my friends have like, corporate jobs let's say which is what i had in the past as well and then you talk to someone and you say you know i, I work for myself I, i make podcasts and mm -hmm. yeah you do get a kind of like oh like people look at me as if i'm an alien kind of thing <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah and a bit in italy as well i think a lot of people don't understand as well how how things work and like the online game, let's say of like selling courses. And then, so I obviously am active on social media and have to like publish videos. But yeah, I think a lot of people just don't understand that world at all and just think I'm a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> so let's try something because I have an audio clip prepared. Oh, wow. But I'm not sure if you are gonna... So let, let me know if, if you hear it. Okay. And it's from episode 250. It was an interview with Luke yeah, Thompson yeah. because Luke Thompson, I interviewed him as well on my phone podcast. Okay, wow. So you inspired me as well to start this podcast. Oh, really? N not inspired me like, well, I mean... You, Partly. Yeah. In the sense that I, I listened to a, a couple of your episodes and thought to myself... He's just talking shit. You know, I, I can talk shit too. And you can. You can, Martin. Not everyone can, you know. Not everyone can talk shit. It's a talent. It's a skill. It really is. And I think you could do it. I think you've, you've got it. I'm, I'm serious about that. That uh, there is a certain art to, to talking and just sort of talking nonsense and letting it all come right. out. <laughs> yeah. I think you've got it. Oh, think, right. well, you, you talk shit I think really well. The biggest compliment anyone's ever paid me, I think. So thank, <laughs> thank you very much for that. Uh, did you hear that? Yes, I did, yeah. So it will not give the correct picture of you because, of course, not all my listeners know you. And Luke Thompson and you were, yeah, were talking like friends because Luke Thompson is also someone who sometimes he, he rambles a bit right absolutely and and it's it's great it's great to to learn from from his rambles and i think it's also great to have fun and to listen to funny conversations to 
maybe sometimes very informal or colloquial <laughs> discussions. Yeah, and that that is true as well. So, like like I said about my idea of making a fun, entertaining podcast, and then I did a, a bit of research and I found Luke's podcast, and I thought, yeah, he's just talking nonsense a lot. So, I can do that as well. And Luke's podcast, the ones I listen to, I know he now I think has many more conversations but back then they were it was just him really and so I thought hey, I'll, I'll do this with like friends um because I I do much prefer conversation podcasts I do make many podcasts just alone as well but I always prefer the interaction with someone and so yeah I listened to Luke and I thought you know I I can do that <laughs> uh, I still can't do it as well as Luke but uh, I'm, I'm trying and it was funny because on that episode you mentioned that this was the very first time that you recorded a video version of the interview and you were not used to it at all so you didn't feel very comfortable and it's a bit funny because these days for example Martin you have an Instagram channel And it seems to me that you are recording on a regular basis. So it has been quite a change. Yeah, so right? this this is a recent thing. And basically what I was saying before about, obviously I'm in this online world now, and I this is my income. This is how I earn my money. And I just realized I wasn't, really promoting myself i must admit i i was a bit scared and didn't really want to make videos but i've just now accepted it it's part of the job let's say and if i want to have success yeah. online and support my family and my two children and provide for them it's just something i need to do so stop complaining because before i always thought no like, oh god look at those embarrassing videos But they work. And I really believe that I have something that can really help people. I've had lots of people say, like my course, the membership area, the podcast itself, even the free version have really helped people. So I also now I've had a real change of mindset in that I truly believe now that it's my duty to to do this so more people can find me and I can help more people so i feel that it's like something i need to do to help more people and was it hard work to learn all the skills that comes with it so the editing and and so on so with the instagram videos wasn't too difficult I, i've got a specific app which makes things a lot easier with like ai technology these days For YouTube, though, I, I still stay away from YouTube. It's mainly a time thing as well. Like if you're editing a one hour video, like that's that's going to take a long time. So, yeah, I don't really do much on YouTube. I'd sometimes after that episode with Luke have uploaded conversations, but literally just have the conversation bang upload But it also, I also find YouTube, it takes a long time to upload the video. And I just think, I can't be bothered. <laughs> uh, so I don't pay much attention to YouTube. The problem is in this online world, 
if you want to like be active on all the social media channels, it's, I mean, it's a full-time job like that. It would take you all day, every day. If I want to be active on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, I don't know, Snapchat, YouTube, like it's impossible. So you, I think the best way is to choose one or two and focus on them. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do now. Like mainly focus on Instagram, but I also just upload the same content to TikTok now and Facebook, TikTok, especially. I absolutely hate TikTok. I'm sorry for any TikTok fans, but anytime I open it, it's just so loud and there's like so many things moving on the screen. So I literally open it, upload my video and close the app and get out of there as quickly as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let, let's talk a little bit about the rock and roll vocabulary Bible, mm. because I found this uh, a very good idea, but you can explain it better than me. So this is something, again, I actually made this a while ago now, like at least a year and a half ago. And this is a typical example of me not promoting myself. I made it, sent an email one time and said, I've made this, this free ebook. And then I never mentioned it again, um, which is just an example of how terrible I was at my own job. Um, so, so now I'm like promoting it again. So this, it's like English idioms, colloquial expressions, and lots of British slang taken from the podcast. So it's not just, um, for example... Um, to mug someone off means this. So I have a context first on, so it, there are 50 pieces of vocabulary and it starts with the context of the episode. Like we, we were talking about this something and then there is the transcript of the episode of where we use that piece of vocabulary. So first of all, you read it, see if you can understand Then there is the explanation. Then there are three examples, three different examples of the vocabulary used in context. And then there is a bit for you to write and use the vocabulary in context yourself. So so that's what it is. It's, uh, it's learning advanced vocabulary and British slang. But like I said, all taken from the podcast. Yeah, and it's so valuable Because, for example, I have bought in the past some sort of a vocabulary book. Mm -hmm. And I was, yeah, I was willing to pay like 20 bucks for that. Mm -hmm. But but now I, I receive like this vocabulary book of rock and roll English. And to me, this is even more valu valuable because you can listen to the discussion mm -hmm. And it's it's not contrived, right? It's it's not like in a in a usual textbook, very boring. No, it's from a, a funny discussion, and the expressions are also not so common. So you you don't find them in textbooks. Mm -hmm. So for me, it, it was really a gem, okay. <laughs> to be honest. Well, that's, and that's good and to know. for free. <laughs> yeah, maybe I yeah. should start asking for money. No, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, what you mentioned there is another important thing about my kind of philosophy of like 
anti-textbooks. I mean, I mean, they. I'm not saying they're not useful. Textbooks are useful. I've used them myself in learning Italian, but like you said, lots of things you you just don't find in textbooks that are actually really common, especially if you live in that country, like like me in Italy, for example. So if you learn English and you only speak to, I don't know, like French people, German people, Dutch people, and you need it for work just to communicate, lots of things in that R&R vocabulary Bible you, you won't need. But if you, especially if you want to, if you go to live in the UK or simply understand like films, then you need it. This is a good keyword because we can maybe speak about connected speech. Mm -hmm. So why is just listening to more English not the answer to understanding native speakers? Okay, good question. So I don't know about other languages, but in Italian, words don't change really in fast speech and they're easy to recognize. And the other good thing about Italian is there is a clear relationship between writing and speaking. So if you see an Italian word written down, you understand how it's pronounced. That's not the case in English at all. Obviously, I mean, everyone knows the, like, the relationship between spelling and how the word is pronounced. So that that's already one problem that is sometimes difficult to recognize words. And Maybe you're trying to recognize a word based on how you think it should be said. For example, the word receipt. So you pay for something in the shop, they give you a receipt. I often hear people say like receipt or I, I've heard hundreds of different pronunciations. So, so that's already one problem. But the other biggest problem is how much words change in fast English. So this analogy I, I got from a book written by Richard Caldwell, who is someone that loves listening as much as me. And he calls it the greenhouse, the garden and the jungle. Okay. So let's talk about the greenhouse, which if people don't know, is kind of like where you, you have some plants and often people like grow vegetables and things. Now in the greenhouse, each plant is clearly separated. It's not touching the next plant. Now, think of those plants as words. If you have all of your words separate, not touching each other, you would speak like this. This is greenhouse speech. But obviously, nobody talks like that. You would sound like a robot. But I guarantee if films were like that, everybody would understand because they can recognize the words. This is why I've got so many things to say about this. I almost don't know where to start. This is why when you watch a film, if you have the subtitles on, it's easy to understand. I hear so many people say, oh, with subtitles, it's, I can understand. So then if you, if you take the subtitles off, why can you not understand if you already know those words? Because it, they're the same words. If they're written, you understand. If they're not, you don't. Why can you not understand them? Because you cannot recognize these words in fast speech. That's the problem. So 
anyway, going back to my analogy, greenhouse garden is kind of what I'm doing now. Like I want to be clear because on podcasts, people need to be clear. Even if I listen to a podcast about something not related to learning English, they speak in a clear way. Also on BBC News, for example, that's garden English. It's it's connected nicely. It flows nicely, but it's ordered. Let's say it's orderly. Okay, that's garden. And that really is the target for speaking. That's how people want. If I were a learner, that would be the target to speak in a clear, fluid way. But when you go to the UK or if you watch English films, they speak in the jungle way, which is where the words, the plants, are just a big mess. You don't know where one word finishes and the next word begins, and it's just a complete mess. So jungle English is not a target for speaking. In fact, if you begin speaking like that, people will have more difficulty to understand you. But it's important for listening. So when you can understand that, that's where, that's where the big change will happen. Your ears will be unblocked, just like children. For example, my daughter, who is two and a half, speaks obviously quite well. She doesn't speak like an adult, of course. But she already says things like, she says to me, do you want one? Do you want, do you want one? So she doesn't say, do you? She says, do. Because she, she's learning from the sounds and then she just naturally naturally repeats them but so for example that example there do you do that's just one example of how words completely change one of hundreds and if you don't know that if you don't actually study that you can keep listening and keep listening but there will always be things you don't understand because you have not understood the mechanics of how it works probably because no one's ever taught you because all English courses are about vocabulary and grammar. And I'm not saying they are not useful. They are useful. I, I've taught many, 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 many courses about vocabulary and grammar. They are useful, but you also need to look at the other part and break down how speech works. Because if you don't, you will always have difficulty understanding that vocabulary and grammar. Let's take the word have. You can have, so people look for the word have, but in speech, sometimes it's just uh. <laughs> the word have can just be, can move to uh, and that's it. Or it might be of, um, it might be have. It, there are so many different ways that one word can change, but there are so many examples. There are some famous examples, which are things like wanna or yeah. gotta, but they're just a small percentage of the amount of examples there are. So that that's what, where I think just listening enough is not the solution in English because you will always have difficulty understanding those words. Over time, of course, you will begin to recognize them but there will always be some words when you're just kind of like, what? This is why people say English people eat their words. 
because they, they're so mushed together that yeah it's it's basically impossible to understand unless you have studied the mechanics to understand what's going on so yeah that's why i think in to become a fluent listener and speaker you need two things one to listen a lot because that's the natural way that's the primal instinct as humans of learning a language is through listening but the problem is in the world we live that reading and writing are more dominant now so people people begin languages with reading and writing but if you think about it reading and writing has really only been happening for like 200 years but for thousands of years before that people learned other languages for example just just through listening and that's how we that's how we do it when we're children we learn our native languages um totally from listening we listen for like a year and a half two years and then we begin to talk so yeah you need two things one lots and lots and lots of listening and two to break down how fast connected speech works so you can unblock your ears and it's kind of like a sausage machine you know a sausage machine <laughs> like where you put but so you put the meat in the top that's like the listening going in your it's going in your head and then the sausage comes out <laughs> and then natural <laughs> english will come out of your mouth um and so then you also you stop asking yourself grammar questions the thing that blocks fluency is when you're talking and then you think oh for example an english example you might think oh is it i went to the shop or i have been to the shop and then you ha you have that in your mind and you're kind of you kind of like, oh once you've unblocked your ears you will naturally just start repeating the correct patterns i noticed this with my italian that increased a lot when i watched every episode of sex and the city without subtitles because if you watch with subtitles it's a reading exercise i watched every episode there were 94 episodes and it was like 70 hours of listening and i did that in about two to three months and that that was the biggest jump i saw in my italian because the same thing happened i stopped asking myself grammar questions and then mm -hmm. i just noticed oh like that that sentence just just came out of my mouth without having to think about it um so yeah but like i said the problem with english is there's the, the added problem of recognizing these words and you need to do that by studying how speech works so yeah you asked me a simple question i think i've been rambling for about 10 minutes now <laughs> <laughs> no it's okay i mean you have a course mm -hmm. and it's called jungle jungle, jungle listening listen. course yeah. right yeah and now you explained the problem and how we can solve it it would be interesting to know how the course is like how can we picture this what do people get from this course and wh where is it on which platform for example okay so well the, the platform i don't think you, you will know it's called musenla but if when you buy the course then you get access to the platform obviously and so you, you can then download it's it's just how can i explain it it's kind of like entering netflix once you 
buy the course, mm-hmm. you, you directly have access and then you've got the course there. Um, in terms of how it works, so the first step to unblocking your ears is to understand the sounds of English or if whatever language you're learning, you need to understand the sounds because when we learn new languages, obviously the new language has different sounds to our language. It, it's totally normal. There, there are some which are the same. For example, a common one in English is the sound E, like cheese. That exists in, in many languages, but there are many other sounds which don't, for example, I. So this is the classic between sheep and ship. So what the problem is, we take the sounds from our language and apply them to the new language, which causes problems in speaking. So people, if I speak and I haven't mastered the sounds, people will understand the wrong thing sometimes. But most of all in listening because if you've not mastered those sounds, it it's like a foreign thing to your body and your body just doesn't want to accept it. This, this happens to me when I speak to students. And so, for example, your name, Daniel. I think, okay, perfect. But if I speak to a student that's got a really difficult name that I've never seen, they, they tell me their name and like I, I say like, excuse me, what? Like my body is just like, no, 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 no. Like I, I don't like this. Like, no, no, no. It's just a natural human reaction. It's like something unknown. And that's what we're like with new sounds. It's kind of like, well, no, 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 no. Like I, I don't know this one because we, our, the sounds in our language, if you break sounds down, they're movements. A sound is a movement. So when we are learning our language, we have made these movements for all of our lives and then like thousands and thousands and thousands of times every day, you make the same movements. And then you start learning a new language and you're trying to tell your body, okay, you have to make this new movement. And your body says, no, 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 no. (laughs) I've, I've been making this movement for a long time. So the first thing is learning sounds. And again, in the course, you don't learn the sounds, you learn the movements. So that's that's the first part. And one of the things that we do is you actually get a mirror and put it on your mouth, basically. Because what the movement you think you are making is not the movement you are making. I see. Because once you actually look at what your mouth is doing, you will say, oh, <laughs> it, I... I 100% guarantee but once you put your eyeballs on that then you begin to take control of your mouth and your tongue and your lips and it takes some time obviously but so that's the first module where I it's all about the movements of the sounds and then the second module builds on that and then puts sounds together so many similar sounds so again the e and the i because again it's impossible to learn them perfectly in the first module. So you need to continue working on it because like I said, you've been making the movements of your language for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and you're trying to teach your body new movements. So it takes time, but think of it like this as well with 
two sounds together. When I went to school, there were two identical twins, okay? And the first few months of school, it was impossible for me to see which one was which because they they were identical. But then once I spent some time with them, like separately, like I, I had a maths lesson with one and I had a science lesson with the other, for example, and you spend and you get to know them, then they looked completely different to me. And I, I could easily see which one was which. It's the same with sounds. If you put two sounds together, they will sound identical to you probably at the beginning. But once you spend time with them and get to know them, you'll be like, oh no, these sounds are actually completely different. So the second module is about, about that. And then at the end of that module, we, you start actually transcribing transcribing words based on sounds okay because you're you're really training your you not only your ears but literally your body to accept these new sounds then module three is about syllables and the music of english because that's that's another thing which is often strange sometimes you can talk to someone that speaks grammatically very well but they've got a really strange like each again each language has its own music let's say so if you take the music from your language and you put it in another language it, it sounds really strange and people can have difficulty to understand yeah. you and it's also about word stress because again in english we have word stress so if i say the word for example development development Obviously, it has the stress on the second syllable, development. But if I then said, for example, development, then it's just a really, it's really strange. And I've also read that the different errors in stress cause more miscommunication than errors in grammar. So even, let's use the word family. So if I'd say it like this, family, family, the, the last two syllables I'm almost not saying, but you still recognize the word because I've got the stress right, family. If I say yeah. family, 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 it's, it's much more difficult to understand. So, so then we get on to stress. So again, when you're listening, then you can actually understand the music of the language. And then in the fourth module, we look at connected speech. So how and when words change. So for example, if you say, did you, that would, that would all be like, did ya, did ya. So you, you might get like a ch sound there. But there are so many different things which can happen and change the way that we speak. But again, if you don't know that, you're going to have difficulty. Also with... Um, for example, if a word finishes with a vowel sound and the next word begins with a vowel, we actually insert a new sound there. So an example is if I say, tell me what number three is, tell me what number three is, you will hear a y sound there, three years, three years. I even saw this transcription errors when I used the, computer program for the transcript it makes so many errors and i can see why it's making the errors based on this connected speech 
because it doesn't understand connected speech, even really advanced uh, artificial intelligence doesn't understand connected speech. <laughs> um, so, so that's what we do in module four, study all of these things. There are so many different aspects of connected speech. And then in module five, we enter the jungle basically. And there are many audio clips of jungle English. So things like one of the things I think is like, I, you don't have to do it. 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 But you listen to that on a loop. That, like you hear the loop t 20 times and then you hear it. You go crazy. <laughs> yeah, you go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but what you, what you do also, what happens on the course is you hear it slowed down, like really slow. So then it'll be like, you don't have to do it. And like in the course, then you transcribe it, etc. But it's that slowing it down. Once you slow it down, and then you you see the correct answer. So that uh, sentence I said there, if people didn't understand, is you don't have to do it. That would be the greenhouse version. But in the jungle, that would be you don't have to do it. So that mm. have to is like after after so you, you've almost got like a f sound there like an f, f, f you don't have to do it and then once you've sort of studied that we've slowed it down you've transcribed it you then listen to it again on full speed on the loop and what it what it does there is that it the loop just kind of like imprints itself into your brain and what it's doing is it's like pushing out the English which you think exists and showing and like printing into your head the actual English that does exist. So that's what you do in module five. There are hundreds of audio clips that they are always very small because if I say transcribe a 10 minute speech, it's impossible. So that the clips are like three seconds, maximum five but the amount of work you do on that one clip is incredible. And so we look at, again, all of those. And then finally, there are just a few stories to literally transcribe at full speed because by then you've done all of the work and then you can show that you're actually, you've actually understood every word because that's the thing of understanding every word. At, at the beginning, it's important just to understand the idea, what someone's saying. But once you get to a higher level and you want to make that jump to like fluency and to like really advanced learner, you need to understand every word what's happening there. Because like I said, it will help you so much with grammar. Because for example, prepositions, people always have difficulty with prepositions. That's because you can't hear yeah. you can't you can't hear them because they're not they're not stressed words in the sentence. So they're said in such a soft way that you, you can't actually probably hear that when people are talking. So that's what makes it difficult for you. Um, so, yeah, so then the final challenge is to transcribe, like, fast jungle English and just literally write word for word. So so that's how it works. But then at the end, so what so many people have said to me is it's not like, bang, you finish the course, and it, there's a magic cure and you immediately understand everything. But 
what happens is you, your ears are unblocked and then you suddenly just start noticing more things. I've had so many students say to me, oh my God, I was in a, a on a Zoom call at work the other day and I, I suddenly realised this, I suddenly realised this. And then once your ears are unblocked, it, it, then you will start, it, just by listening more then, then you will be able to understand every word. Yeah, that sounds really intriguing and interesting, this course. It seems to me that it is very special. I mean, I can imagine that there are not many other people who are offering that sort of course. Yeah, um, you're 100% correct. In fact, I've done research and I, I say this on my marketing because it's true. There literally is no other course which which breaks down fast connected speech in such a way like i said with all of these like loops slowing down the audio and because you obviously you can do this yourself but it takes a lot of time and so i've literally done this for you so i have the audio at 25% speed which is really slow then 50% speed then 75% speed and then 100 because what happens is when you listen slow really slowly and then you go to 50%, then 75%. When you get to 100, it almost feels like it's still a bit slow because it's like, oh, because you've slowed it down like that. Um, and yeah, there, there there is no other course which does this. And this is why it took me so long to build a course because I didn't really just want to make another vocabulary and grammar course. I know they are useful. I am definitely not saying vocabulary and grammar courses are not useful but i just thought if i make a vocabulary and grammar course why why would people choose me like uh, ahead of someone else so i wanted to do something uh, let's say unique and i i feel like i've done that and it's all things let's say have all come together for me recently because i made a podcast but when i made the podcast even my ability as an english teacher was far inferior to now but i didn't realize how important listening is so i think they work really well together now because like i said you need two things you need lots of listening practice but you also need to break down how speech works one of those things i give for free because i've got more than 300 episodes which you can listen to so if you listen to every single episode that would be like when i listen to all of sex and the city so one thing I've got for free and then the other thing is my course jungle listening. So yeah, it kind of all works together now. But there are also episodes which are for the rock and roll English family, right? Correct. There are about 1000 1000, yeah. More than, <laughs> than 1000, wow. yeah. I I'm I've lost count to be honest of the number. I'd say about 1100 now ish. Um yeah, so that's the rock and roll English family. Yeah, well, I, th there was a, a thought three or four year phase where, yeah, something like maybe maybe two, I'm not sure, where I was making six podcasts a week for fifty two weeks wow. a year. <laughs> um, yeah, don't ask me why. That that was just me not understanding what to do in this online world. And I was just churning out these podcasts, as we say, there's some nice vocabulary, like just constantly creating them without ever stopping and thinking, 
is this a good idea? Is this really helping people? And <laughs> then one day I was a bit like, uh, in fact, it wasn't that I spoke okay. to like some business coach kind of, and they said to me like, mm, I'm not sure if this is a good idea, but yeah, so there are, there are even more. And those ones, not all 1000, but I think 750 have transcripts as well. Um, so yeah, that, that's for the, the family area where, and in the family area, there is lots of vocabulary and grammar as well. Um, so that's just for people that want to go a bit deeper, let's say. And, um, but like I said, I, I also have the free version where there are more than 300 episodes. And do you, do your members also record podcasts? Yes. I mean, are they part of some of the episodes? Yes, they are. So every three to six months, we do a thing where I record a podcast with them. And we, in fact, I'm doing that this week, actually. And yeah, I probably those are my most fun episodes. I love them. So I do have like a 15 minute slot for every person and so we agree a time and then they say okay let's talk about cooking for example and then we record an episode about cooking and then it goes on the family podcast which is a private podcast feed so that they can listen to it and then other family members can listen to it and the great thing is people say how much it helps them because they listen to themselves which which is something that people don't ever do, which is such a valuable thing in language. And that's something they uh, do on my course too, Jungle Listening, actually. There's a voice recording thing. And so you have to record in every lesson, you have to record yourself, like making the sound or saying something, because it's very rare that people actually hear themselves speak. And the best person to give you feedback is you. <laughs> Um, so, but no, no one ever does that because it's like who I have heard some students say they do it, but it's a very rare thing. So yeah, I do that in the family and also on the jungle course. And you even had a meetup of the family. Yeah, we've had a couple now, actually. We, there was one in 2019 when I was still living in Italy and we were supposed to do one in 2020, but obviously COVID happened and 2021 was still quite a covid year um, so we did one last year in september in my hometown and, and strange enough we actually hired a hall and it was the school i used to go to so it was quite strange for me wow to have all of these people from all around the world <laughs> amazing we had people from like argentina from japan from germany from spain from italy from poland uh I'm sure there are some more that I'm forgetting here, but yeah. It's a little bit like a dream came true, right? You transitioning from, from be, being a, a eight to five <laughs> worker to a podcaster. Uh, could you, could we say that? Yeah, it's, it's strange. Like so, so, sometimes when my wife sometimes says to me, like after that night we got home and she said, like, can you believe like people have come all around the world just for something that you created. But when, if, if my friend was doing that, I would think, wow. But when it's me, I, I never, you just don't, 
you just have to think about the next thing because this is this is the difficulty of working for yourself is so for example my my jungle english course i spent months and months creating that i worked every day for like 10 hours every day for like four months at least and then you do it and it's oh thank god and then you and then now then you just kind of think okay now what am i going to do <laughs> because when you've got a job it's like someone tells you what to do okay you've got to do this you've got to do this but, yeah, but when it's for yourself you, you just kind of think okay well, so you don't really have time to stop and think about things so because it's always just because i i saw this on the internet and i think it's really true when you work for yourself it's like if you don't hunt you don't eat in the sense that if mm. if you if you don't work and if you don't constantly try new things then you're going to have no money and you won't be able to eat food for like because obviously you have to buy food and if you don't earn money you're not going to have any money so um yeah. so yeah yeah it is something i'm i'm definitely very proud of but i must admit i've i never really have time to stop and really think about like the how powerful and how amazing it is that people come from all around the world i i also want to add they they didn't come just to meet me it's not like i'm a famous person or anything and they were like desperate to meet me because there's a really strong community in the membership area the family area and I sometimes have when people join the family they sometimes say like, oh my god it's so strange talking to you um and I'm, a, I'm obviously a bit embarrassed by that but very soon that that stops because once a week we talk and in the family membership area I spend a lot of time talking to people so it's just almost like I'm another person in that group it's not like oh my god is he's he's like god it's not like that at all it's Cult leader, rock and roll English cult leader. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I, I feel anyway that I'm just another person in the group. And so, like I said, that meetup, people didn't come just to meet me. They come to meet the other people because they talk to the other people as well all the time. So obviously you build friendships. Uh, so they, that's, that's the reason of it. So yeah, th that's another reason why I suppose I didn't just think, oh, wow, people have come just to see me because that's not the case because they come to see other people too, which, and then that makes me happier than anything. Be like that strong community that, that there is. In fact, when I see people in the membership area, which sometimes happens when someone goes to Poland, like a Spanish person goes to Poland and then those two people meet up in Poland it's that's fantastic because again going back to a more deeper concept languages are about that are about like connecting with people making friends with people otherwise what's the point <laughs> what's the point in learning another language it's it's to do this it's to build connections and like friendships and so when I when yeah, I see that absolutely. actually happening I think oh wow this this is amazing I have another question for you because I am really wondering, you mentioned that it takes a lot of time to prepare for the courses and stuff. So for example, how many books did you read or, or can you, can you tell us a little bit about the preparation, about how you, you kind of 
take the information of a book and mm. transform it into content? Is is it difficult? Is it is it fun to you, or or is it is it a chore? No, it's definitely fun. My, my I would say most of my work is fun. I I love it. That's why I work so much. Um, before I had children, I I would work all day. Now I've got children, it's a bit more difficult. But even then, I still find myself working sometimes till two o'clock in the morning whilst the children are sleeping so then I can find some time to work because I do see it as something I enjoy the only thing I don't enjoy is checking transcripts I absolutely hate doing that that's the only part of my job which is a chore but okay that's a very small percentage of what I do so going back to your question of like how many books and how much preparation in some ways like since the day I started teaching English, which was in 2010. So it was 13 years of preparation in some ways, because it's literally everything I've learned, like mistakes I've made, mistakes I've seen students make, my language learning journey is is basically everything has gone in into that course. And all of the books I've read over those 13 years, I do think I'm quite well read as like an English teacher. So when I worked at a school in Sicily, like a very respectable school, I worked for some other schools in Rome and they were terrible. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I know it's not fair and it's not a good thing, but I basically got a job because I had zero experience and I got a job because I was a native speaker. And yeah, I mean, I, I, if any of my old students from that time are listening, I want to apologise because I was probably the worst English teacher in the world at that point. But obviously over the years, then I did qualifications, got experience. And so when I was teaching at this school in Palermo, like I said, a very respectable school with very good teachers. And when I spoke in the staff room to these teachers very regularly, like I noticed that I was always reading a book about something, about vocabulary, about writing, about listening, whilst they weren't so much. Um, and so, I, like I said, I think I'm quite well read. I've read many, many, many books about teaching English in general. And you, you take things from everyone. When I read, I've got like a pen, I underline things. I've still got the book. Mm. So again, when I sat down to make the course, I, I basically opened all of those books, like took different things from different books, and then one of the other really big thing was I did a course about pronunciation with Adrian Underhill, who's, I'm not sure if you know him, but really respected in the teaching English world. He's the one that actually created the phonetic chart. And I did a two week course with him in Cambridge. And he, like, he, he is unbelievable. Like not just his knowledge, but just as a teacher and as human, like it was just unbelievable such a just someone that you want to spend time with because just the impact he had on me in those two weeks was absolutely incredible and that was a big thing for me as well because I had stayed away from pronunciation like I'd been teaching English for more than 10 years and I really like didn't like it you got all those strange symbols I was like oh god no like <laughs> I and literally I if you ask any of my colleagues from when I worked at that school probably they would say yeah like martin was a good teacher he knew everything about writing and blah 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 but he knew nothing about pronunciation and i think many teachers are like that 
because it's a kind of scary thing. But it's like anything. Once you break it down, it's actually not that difficult. I, I use an example of when I was at university I, and I, I didn't go to like the first 10 lessons of a new course it was called econometrics it was all about maths and statistics and i and and i went to the lesson and i'd missed like the first 10 i sat down and i was like oh my god what the hell are these people talking about for me they were talking like chinese but then i like i got a book i sat down i studied it and that was that i think i got 97 percent on that exam because it wasn't difficult (laughs) it was just you just need to sit down and study it. Um, so yeah, the pronunciation course, and that really helped me understand about sounds and how important sounds are in language learning. So that, so that had a big impact on me too. Um, but yeah, like I said, other books, like there must've been at, at least 50 books that when I sat down and was like writing the structure of the course, I would say I, I probably had 50 different books. But some, some things, but maybe I took like one tiny thing other ones I took more a, a big book which influenced me was the one I mentioned earlier uh, written by Richard Caldwell I think it's called a, a syllabus for listening decoding because that's like decoding listening and that had a huge impact on me I, I did speak to him because I use this jungle analogy the course is called jungle listening and I said like is this okay and he said absolutely I just want people to realize that basically the teaching English world is neglecting this huge thing. So he's actually, he's actually retired as well now. So he said, like, you don't need to give me any credit or anything. Like, I'm happy for you to do this because I want to see a change in how this works. Um, but I still try to mention him as much as I can to tell, to, to, to give him some recognition because like not like I said, that book was a huge, huge impact. But like I said, there there are many, many, many books that I've read that that have gone into that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. And do you have a favorite expression or a favorite idiom or something like that that comes to mind right now? So when people ask me this, one word I often use it's. It's not an idiom or an expression, it's just a verb, but it's like a slang verb, which is just such a great verb, which is to smooch, which means to kiss, to kiss someone, like to kiss a girl in a romantic way, let's say. But it's just got such a, even the name, like, there's like smooch, there's that ooh. Mm, and it's funny. <laughs> but, and it's just like, it's just such a lovely way of describing a kiss to it's like yeah i saw two people smooching i i love it it's it's just brilliant on so many levels yeah it, it is brilliant indeed in italian i think a kiss is called bacio, bacio is it si. possible yeah well bacio. that that's that's a kiss yeah the verb is like baciare yeah yeah baciare yeah. because it's it's kind of funny to be honest because recently i i have been interviewing a lot of people who are connected to Italy. Mm. And the funny thing is that I have been learning Italian for some months okay, now. Wow. And, and somehow, uh, somehow the, it is telling me, some, someone is telling me, go back to learn because everyone that I am interviewing is from Italy or is connected oh, to interesting. Italy. And, 
It's yeah. <laughs> oh wow. And I have I have even interviews in the pipeline which I am going to do in Italian. Oh, wow. But but I am I am still a bit scared, you right. know. Right. Wow, that, that that's incredible. <laughs> it it's it's strange about Italian that it's only spoken in one country. But I I think I read it's the fourth most studied language. So obviously number one is English. Like if people study a second language normally it's English, not always obviously, but more often than not it's english so english is number one and then i can't remember it's like french or spanish i think and and spanish and then chinese yeah i I can't remember specifically or maybe italian was fifth but it was it was definitely no less than fifth it was fourth or fifth and it's strange because it's only spoken in one country so i think it's just people's like love for italy like because of like the history of the country that people learn it because yeah if you if you're going to learn a second language like spanish for example is spoken in like all of south america there are there's so many more languages which are more useful but people just love love yeah, italian definitely yeah it's, it's just got that <laughs> it's just got that something special about it i think dolce vita yeah exactly <laughs> exactly okay martin thank you very much for this interview and maybe you can tell us where we can find you or order Rock and Roll English podcast. Yep, sure. So if you go to any podcast app and you type in Rock and Roll English, so that's Rock N Roll. There's an example of connected speech for you. We don't say Rock and Roll. We say Rock and Roll. So that there, look, that's just, it's almost like it's not said Rock and Roll, Rock and Roll, Rock and Roll. Um, so yeah, it's Rock n roll so if you type that rock and roll english into spotify apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts you'll find the podcast and again if you type that into google then my website is rockandrollenglish.com and but i've yeah i will also send you a link to the vocabulary bible which you can give to your listeners as well yes i will put it in the show notes okay great I have stolen your yeah, jingle. Yeah, I, I thought. <laughs> I, I really like your jingle and also the intro with the music. So the the, the, the music, the intro I got off Fiverr, a website. Um, and I, strangely enough, I was in contact with the person that did that. I, I would like to interview him, but he's now not responding to my messages. And the first one you did that, down, 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 just the short one, a listener did that and sent that to me. Uh, I, I see. And th- yeah, that's that is I, also brilliant. Mm, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Martin. No, thanks a lot, Daniel. It's been a pleasure. It's been great talking to you.